0: And do my thing. Go ahead, go ahead. I want to get into it, man, you know, like a, like a sex machine, man, moving, doing it, you know, can I count it off?
1: One, two, three, four.
2: Get up. Get Welcome into a Monday edition. Punkin' Gas live from the uh, Carter Volkswagen studio. Hopefully everyone had a, a great weekend. Gas got away. I think you had a great weekend. Oh, yeah, it was Fresh uh... at the lake. It was fun. It
1: was fun. Uh, so, okay, so I have a sure. question. Who's, yeah, yeah. who's Dane Brugler? Do I he, uh, need to
2: know who this is? He works for, uh, yeah, NFLDraftScout.com. Ah, okay. He I thought he was
1: one of the guys. The Seahawks drafted so many guys, I figured yeah. he was one of the draft
2: guys. Oh, he, uh, so we
1: don't have any of the players coming on?
2: We don't have a player, no.
1: We don't have. A- uh, well, we're talking at the bottom. Everybody else got players, right? Yeah.
2: Well, maybe we'll get one. I don't know.
1: You know, I've told you this story, my favorite getting a player story ever, because I never cared. I'll talk to anybody. Me yeah. The punter. I don't care. I like talking. I
2: to would. Them. I would well, because Shockey sent the email out this weekend. Hey, you know, we're gonna have. Uh, we're gonna. Have, we're gonna have one voice reach out to the team. I said, hey, listen, I, I all I want is the punter.
1: And it's. Whenever- I don't want
2: anybody else, but yeah, I just want the sure,
1: punter. We'll, well, again, the the uh, the year. Uh, might have been one of my last years at doing draft interviews. Was I, I got I got stuck because everybody else took their pick and took the Glamour Boys. Yeah. And I got stuck with this kid nobody wanted to talk to named Richard Sherman. There and you I go. I did the first radio interview with him, and it was, you know, right away. Not, not that, you know, I don't take any credit for his career, but I remember thinking, all right, if this guy's worth a darn. Right. He's really going to be something because he was just, he was all, re- he wasn't quite what he was going to become. Yeah. But he was on that path. I'm like, all right, A, this guy is, uh, he's sharp and he's, you know, if he can play fully, he's a fifth round pick. Who knows? Maybe yes. he didn't get to make the team. Yeah. But if he makes the team and he's clever and he's, he's pretty, he's really going to be something.
2: Well, so. I want the punter. I mean, desperately. Yeah, I, I mean, be, the you know, first of all, one, he's a punter. Punters are always kind of weird and uh, strange. And there was kind of a unique personality. And he's Australian. So that's two. So we're but two for two. It's it's to
1: my way and of thinking. And he got drafted
2: in the fifth round.
1: It's an underrated position. Sure. I've had coaches who will tell you it is your number one offensive weapon. Because if they're good, it's a guaranteed 40 to 46 to who knows yeah. switching of the field. If they're good. And so if you see one that you think is – got no problem if you, if you see one that you think is, is that way. And, I mean, field goal kickers a little bit the same way. Kickers are a little different because you can – you know, yeah. you, there are so many of them out there. But, again, I, I never understood teams that that, that that dog that end of the game. It's like that's a really important part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And like, like the guys say, oh, they're not even a part of the team. It's like, man, if I ran a football team – I'd go nuts if a guy said he's not part of. the no, he is a part of the team, and it, it's a yeah. really critical part. It's going to help us win. You know, I, I keep hammering on this fact, but how, and, and you know, how good would it have been to have a kicker who could kick field goals last year? You're yeah. talking about a playoff season versus sure. a nine and seven, and sure. you never know when you get in the playoffs. Who knows what would have happened?
2: I just can't spend a fifth round pick on a punter. I, I just you don't just like some, it. You think uh, it's too high? I just what if this guy's Ray Guy? Maybe. I just it's hard for me now. I want to be proven wrong, and it's whatever. It's a it's a draft, and, and you're right. It's an important position. I just when I saw when I was uh, when I was working the old garage, cleaning the garage out, and I had heard that they had selected, and I was listening to the fantastic uh, draft coverage on Saturday right here mm-hmm. on nine fifty kjr And I heard that they had actually traded up, and then they got a punter. Like, uh, okay, we haven't even selected a lineman yet.
1: True enough. Yeah, True that enough. was my only and, thing. It was like
2: we've selected a punter before we selected an offensive line.
1: And your theory would be the punter would have been available in the sixth. Well, I don't know. I seventh. think you
2: could get him later. Can't you find an undrafted guy? Wasn't John Ryan on the scrap people? When we found him, he turned out to be pretty good.
1: Where's he going anyway? Are they are they're shipping him out or keeping him?
2: Well, they say he's on the roster, but there's no way he's gonna be on the roster. If you've drafted the right? You just in the drafted fifth round, a guy right? and you owe him, I think and, and Curtis, he's gonna jump on at eleven thirty and he'll he'll have more of the details. I think you save like two million bucks mm-hmm. if they if they get rid of him. So yeah, he's He's gone. Yeah, I mean, they say he's going to stay on the roster and he'll compete, but I couldn't. I can't imagine that you would keep or that John Ryan would win the position out, and then then okay, then what'd you do? Why'd you draft this guy in the fifth round? Mm. I mean, it's still a fifth round pick, but boy, there's still talented guys in the fifth round.
1: There, so, there are there, By the same token, I'll go back to it is a weapon, and if yeah. you th- again, it's the old thing. Look, if you think he's the guy you want, and he's available, and he's available right now, and you you've seen something that you don't think i i've got, i don't have look if you get into the first round or the second round i could see by the fifth round it is and how many picks did they have At they ended up with so many picks in the late round well on right? the fifth
2: round in the fifth round alone they had uh, one two three they had four picks in the in the fifth round so they they took the the dixon kid with the uh, 149th one hundred and forty ninth pick and then what seventeen picks later they finally took a lineman Jamarco jones out of uh, ohio state so i don't know we'll see i i just thought it was it was funny, and I know like the national media and everyone was killing it. I agree, it's always a weapon. I just found it, you know, I anytime someone drafts a punter, I just think it's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, but, I I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly see the idea of, hey, just go through free agency. But, right. you know, again, if you see a guy, like we think this guy's great, and we think he's going to be great for a long time, it, what did what I hear out in the pits? Somebody saying he had 16 punts in one game and – in the bowl game was it were uh he
2: had in the bowl game in the in the uh, the, the famous texas bowl right against purdue he was uh, the mvp hang on against who the purdue
1: and he was the mvp was of the, and, and his team beat purdue yeah they should so have used looked, a third round yeah. pick on this yeah. guy they were idiots to let him sit around Ten, this is the
2: greatest move ever uh he had 10 of his 11 punts were inside the 20 yard line that's good work 42 of his 84 punts were mm-hmm. inside the 20 throughout the season the average 47.4 yards per punt as a senior. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, he is clearly the best punter in, uh, in in college football, and they got the best punter in the draft, but it's just whether or not you think drafting a punter is is the smart use there of a fifth-round pick. Yeah, but but, he didn't know.
1: play Purdue, did he? Uh, Purdue was in the Foster Farms Bowl, weren't he? In the chicken bowl?
2: Uh, Well, I'm, just read- I'm reading in the paper. It says it includes a 10 of 11 in the Texas Bowl against Purdue, which earned him the MVP honors. Was that two years ago maybe?
1: No, no, Purdue wasn't in a bowl game. I don't know. I don't think that's what Purdue was in. Oh. But Purdue played Arizona in the Foster Farms hmm. Chicken Bowl in Arizona, oh, or in uh, San Francisco, and won. No, Actually, that's that's why right I on. kind of said, wait, so wait a minute, because Purdue won their bowl game. So there's something, there, there's, you know, it doesn't matter. Look, it doesn't matter. The point being, uh, except I like him a lot more when I thought he'd really stuck it up Purdue's rear end. Like. That, that, to me, made a lot more. But. You know, so this guy's good at it. I, I don't know. I don't, I've don't. i always kind of laughed at the, the teams and the culture of football that where they, they treat the kickers like secondary citizens until the second they need them to do something. And they say, yeah. hey, sorry we've been picking on you and all that. Can you go out and do something? You know, it's like I, w- I would want my, my team, I would always want kickers to be like, look, they're part of the team. They're a critical part of our success. And they need to be treated as such all the time. <laughs> and football guys would laugh about that and go, this is not the culture. I'm, well, then that's stupid. That's, that's as dumb as, as some of the baseball stuff we hear. Right. You, you know, it's like, wait a minute, no, he is a part. Well, so guess, you, you could certainly yeah. argue that the draft pick is I much. would
2: just, I would just, I'm, that's all I'm saying. I just think the draft, I'm not selecting a punter. I just think drafting a punter before you draft an offensive lineman, when all you, you have all the biggest storyline in the offseason and in the draft is they need to get better at the offensive line and you take a punter before a lineman, mm-hmm. I think is a little off.
1: They may think they've addressed the line enough. There was some discussion about that, right? Sure. Whether they've done well, enough.
2: Well, I think it's pretty much set.
1: Because Hugh, who's going to be on this in a few minutes, Hugh was saying that they've got to do more on that. Was his first thing. right? Didn't Hugh last time we had him on say yeah. they need to address the offensive line?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they, you know, because they addressed a lot of their running game, and I guess you could make an argument that that this guy kind of falls into to kind of the running game, you know, aspect of it because he's going to talk about field position and you know and you know it plays. Field position plays a part into the running game and in, in terms of the ball control, in terms of controlling all the field and all that. But uh, whatever. I mean, it's a, it's one of those picks. Hopefully it works out uh, for them. They ended up getting uh, four of those guys. So we'll talk to you, uh at 10.20. Dane Brugler of uh, NFLDraftScout.com will join us at 11 o'clock. And then Curtis Crabtree uh, coming up uh, at 11.30. But for the most part, uh, I that was a good draft. I mean, I, you never know with these things. But I think on first blush, I'm like, all right. They addressed, I think, a... A lot of positions I mean I think you know the other one and I know how this is gonna come across the the other surprise one would be the tight end in the fourth round but whatever I mean it's they needed to get it they needed I understood I understand the thinking behind it but it was just I wonder if they could have got maybe him or someone like him a little bit later but hell if he's if he is gonna be as good potentially as blocking at blocking like Zach Miller was okay that's Mm -hmm. great but I would just, I would, I know they're just using Zach as, as a comparison or as just a name. Hey, we've been, we've been trying to find this guy. I would just say that, I mean, Zach Miller was a, was an All American. Mm. Zach Miller was a hell of a player at Arizona State. Went to Oakland. It was great in Oakland. Right. I mean, no disrespect to Will, but Will, Will has not have the resume that Zach Miller did. Well, and- coming into the pros, or you know, and then what Zach did. So, but I, I get the theory behind adding a blocking guy. But you did this a couple of years ago with Nick Van Et. And I went and read this morning all the same things they said about Nick Manette when they drafted him third round that year. What was he ninety fourth? Yeah, ninety fourth overall. Virtually the same stuff they said about Will Diss. Yeah, great, great blocking tight end.
1: And and they you know and this guy won't necessarily solve all the problems or maybe he will. Who knows? Um, but they they've bollocks that position up over the last few years. You know, they it, it's been a continued source of agitation. Mm-hmm. Watching this team play, you know, they are they getting out of the tight end? Are they getting any blocking at all? Are they getting any pass catching at all? What did we give up to get this tight end? You know, so he he steps into a thing where they they need somebody to kind of make that theirs and calm it down a little bit.
2: Yeah, so they got they got Disley there in the fourth round. So we'll we'll check in with Hugh get his thoughts on the on the entire draft. But then you know we talked about this the the day after that they selected him. I mean, I think just looking back on, I think the penny is. It, I'm not willing to call it a great draft pick, but just I'm just excited they finally got a running back. So that was awesome. They found that they they finally nailed that spot. Rasheem Greene, I think, will be kind of an interesting pick in the third round. But then, you know, the story of the week, of course, is, is Shaquille Griffin. The fact that they got him
1: right, and, and he—he's a great story. He appears to be a very, very good football player. So the the story then becomes kind of neat. You know, neat's the wrong word, but it's an interesting story awesome of a guy story. who, yeah, sure. he, who who just refused to be bound by any perceived limitations yeah. people tried to put on him. Uh, and instead, went the exact opposite direction. So yeah, that that part of it is, uh, uh, you know, again, that that's the kind of guy it feels like you can really win with.
2: Well, he just, and they they always talk about the the grit and the chip on their shoulder and all that, but you know, and so he fits in perfectly, obviously, with it. And then the relationship he has with his brother, everyone's seen the video. The, I think we'll play the phone call coming up later because I thought the phone call was just cool and, and special that that they the, the Seahawks put out there at Seahawks. dot com between Carroll and Schneider and then uh, Shaquem, but. But also the reaction, you know, ESPN was there. You know, when he got drafted, the reaction from his family, and his mom and his dad, and then obviously his brother. They have a scene where you know Shaquille and Shaquem are hugging and just bawling, mm-hmm. and the the special bond that those two guys have. And and then also I went and rewatched. I don't know if you've you've seen the E60 story that that ESPN did on Shaquem. This was out a few months ago. Um Tom Rinaldi did it. You know when Tom does. You know when Rinaldi Lots does of it, strings. You're in. You're in. From the get-go, you're crying. Lots of strings. And uh, it they was... should
1: really just let you start crying the minute oh. Tom Rinaldi comes on. Well, the once ESPN.
2: I see. Once I see his the the. Hey, this is going to be narrated by Tom Rinaldi. I'm like yeah. I'm I'm crying already. Here we go. Here and we go. That piece was a, fantastic. Well,
1: I know he played at Central Florida. Where's he from? Where are the Griffiths from?
2: Uh, Florida, uh, they Palm from? Beach, West Palm Beach. Is that down that way? Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Well, sure, it, I, sure, I, look, it would be cool. If it was just having brothers twins, yeah. uh you know, and then you add in the fact that he plays without is it it's his left hand, left hand that he's missing right mm-hmm. yeah it's um you know again it, it anybody who can step forward in that way and 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 oh. prove that they're they don't then look there doesn't have to be limitations it doesn't mean everyone who is born with some sort of problem like that can get to the nfl sure. but it sure as hell means you can get to where you want to get in your life you know you don't yeah. have to be in that you, you can you even fathom the inspiration this guy is
2: well it's it's to people I, all over oh, of course i mean it's one of the things like i made my kids i made my daughter sit down and watch the piece that espn did on him just to be like here you go just you're you're kind of an aspiring athlete. You just watch this, and yeah. you tell me when you complain about I'm too tired, or right. my head hurts, or you know I'm uh, you know I'm just it practice is too long. I just want you to watch this, remind yourself of this every day, and the, in the video they have of him. I mean the 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 life lessons from his parents, mm-hmm. who were like the dad was like, well, we're not going to put any limitations on you. Right, you're going to do everything that your brother does, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. You're going to lift like he lifts. You're going to play the same sports that. That he's going to play, we're not going to hold you back whatsoever. And then there's a video that, that went viral of this little girl. Oh, yeah, the cheerleader? Who's missing an arm. Yeah. Who said uh, she's wearing a, UFC, a USC, UCF uh, cheerleading outfit and saying, hey, Shaquille loved watching you, or Shaquille loved watching you in college, can't wait to watch you in the pros. And then does a, uh, a cartwheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, with one arm, and you're just like that. That's exactly to your point about inspiring others. And
1: isn't she? I believe her situation was the exact same as his. I think, in, yeah. in terms of why was she died. Okay. I, I think
2: because right. he 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 was a couple of
1: years old when when this when well, right he there, was
2: born. He was born when he was coming out. He, the umbilical cord wrapped around his. Wrapped around his limb mm. and cut off the circulation to his hand so his hand didn't fully grow. And, 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 and they, they
1: tried and they tried and they couldn't. Eventually, this, we, we have to we have to take had, this off.
2: Yeah, he had like little nubs of, yeah. of fingers that grew and it became so painful that he tells in the story that he was going to cut them off. Yeah. And his mom walked into the kitchen, he had a knife and he was going to cut off his fingers and then. That next day, they go to the hospital and they said,
1: oh, me we got to do that. Yeah. I, I, I want to say this little girl, I, thought if I, if I if I heard the thing I was watching right, that she had this, almost the exact wow. same thing happen. Because it's, it's obviously not common, but obviously it hasn't just happened one time. Uh, so, yeah, you'd, I loved his line in one of the interviews where he said, whatever I did, I finished it. And I didn't care how long it took. But awesome. but but if there was something that I had to do, I got it done. That was my thing. Is that whatever we're doing, I'm gonna finish this, no matter how long it takes me. That's you know awesome. what an attitude. Now that's he's awesome. in the NFL and and he's with us. He's our guy.
2: Yeah, it's like just the and thing. he's a good
1: football player. Well, yeah, know, that's
2: the other thing people got to remember. The, the dude, it's not like hey, we're we're doing the Seahawks. We need some. We need some positive PR, or, so we're going to draft this or guy. Or we're doing a
1: favor for his brother or yeah. whatever. And you know, he's probably not going to make the team, but so what?
2: Well, so you draft him in the seventh round, I right? Get that, okay? Yeah. They, they, because that would be kind of like, hey, we're doing you a favor. It was like, it was like uh, when they, did they draft Nate Boyer? Did they draft Nate Boyer? No, but they brought him in. Yeah. Like when well, they brought in Nate Boyer, they were doing that as, hey, we're recognizing yeah. you, but... This no, this guy can play, man.
1: Remember, that, I mean, it, and it, it's a much different situation. But remember, I mean, the greatest ever of this was in baseball. They, You know, Tommy Lasorda drafted Mike Piazza as a favorite of Piazza's dad. Right. exactly. Nothing more. They're like, oh, yeah. we're going to take him so you can see your kid was drafted by the Dodgers. Yeah. And he ends up being one of the greatest guys ever. Yeah. You know, now this guy, it's a different story. But this guy, the cool thing about this guy, one of many cool things, is he's actually a really good player. This isn't that case where they're. Ah, let's do a feel-good story here right. now.
2: All right, Hugh Millen's going to join us coming up next segment. Uh, Dane Brugler of uh, NFLDraftScout.com at 11 o'clock. to get not only his thoughts on the uh, local angle of the Seahawks, also national level. Our guy Curtis Crabtree uh, also at 1130. But Hugh Millen, a man who was just powering down PB&Js all weekend long, uh, will join us next. Now back to Puck and the Gas Man. All right, welcome back to the radio program, Puckin' Gas, live from the Carter Volkswagen Studios. We're breaking down the uh, the NFL draft. What a great weekend it was. And everybody that was a part of it did a great job, including our next guest who joins us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the best in the biz. It's Hugh Millen. Hi, Hugh.
3: <laughs> uh, how are you guys doing, man? It's uh, it's awesome to kind of look back on, on – uh, these picks and and uh, everybody's an expert at this juncture, right? Let's let's see if they can play ball.
1: Well, I mean that's the thing, isn't that what's next? Because I mean, I kind of I, I I laugh at all of the over analysis of this, but I understand why people are into it. But then I always forget every year that then the draft ends. I'm like, all right, thank God we'll have some semblance of normal. Oh nope, everybody's got to give everybody a grade. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Can, can we see if any of these guys can do anything? First, how how do you uh, how, how do you like uh, uh, what the Seahawks did? And do you think some of these guys can play?
3: Well, I think first of all, you know, Gas, my uh, opinion on the draft it's kind of shifted a little bit. I think twenty years ago, which was my first half on KJR, I can't believe it. Um, my my thought was okay, you got to work the draft, and you know, you got to get the right player, but you can't overexpand. You know, you, you got to get them right exactly at the right value, which. Through the years, I've kind of abandoned that notion. It's kind of absurd, because let me underscore the point. Let's take some players and say, put them up a, a, a round or two. Let's take Bobby Wagner. If you'd have spent a first rounder on Bobby Wagner, if you spend spent a third rounder on K.J. Wright instead of a fourth, if you'd spent a, a fourth or, hell, go to a first on, and and richard sherman instead of the fifth rounder. i mean we can go on and on the point is get the right players and right, then if right if later if somebody says you know you got the right player but you could have you could have been a little more coy and a little bit more cute and you could have worked back hey you know what they they do enough of that trading back um you know, it, it's far more important, I guess, is my takeaway to get the right players than to maneuver the draft exactly at the right spot.
2: Hugh, let's let's do this, especially with the first few picks. Who, you know, the guys that were selected you know, up until about the you know fourth round, fifth round. Let's just go through and, and, and let me get a comment from you on e- on each one of these guys because now you've had, I mean, one when we're asking you your opinion, you know, this past weekend, and you've seen the majority of these guys, especially in the first round. But you you get a chance now over the weekend to kind of, you know, uh, be able to uh, ingest a lot more information on these guys. So, obviously, let's start with Rashad Penny. First-round pick, uh, 27th uh, overall. Uh, Your thoughts on that selection?
3: Well, first of all, there's no doubt in my mind that the majority of the league thinks it was a little high to reach, uh, you know, to get him in the first round. Now, when I watch the tape, I see a first-rounder. I see a guy that when they put put him uh, seven yards behind the ball and they run the power in the gap scheme plays uh, on the, uh, where, where he has to follow that lead guard from the backside. I think he's got a great instinct for that. He's got great acceleration. He can see the block before it takes place. When he runs the zone block in the outside stretch, I think that he's got more than adequate speed and and good instincts in that regard. I think all of his kick returning abilities show his prowess in the open field. I mean, um, Gash, you remember – uh, Gail Sayers, you know, maybe the greatest broken field runner of all time. I mean, I'd be stupid to compare him in that regard. But when you watch how how uh, uh, electric he was in the open field, I mean, he he took the opening kickoff against Arizona State mm-hmm. back, and nobody touched him. And so, as John Snyder said, he just has incredible spatial awareness. And you see that. So I think that this guy has an ability to hit a home run because he has that great vision and feel. I, I really like that pick.
1: Well, and again, we can we can look back and say the last few years they haven't been as good as they were the first few years they were here in terms of, of talent selection in the draft. That being said... At some point, you got to cast your lot with these guys. I said to Puck on Friday, you, you know, there's no one on earth right now who knows more about Rashad Penny than the Seahawks people who were involved in that draft pick, and they love what they see. Are, are, do you worry at all about the competition? People bring up Arizona State, but then, come on, there was a lot of games that, that, that the competition wasn't that good, or, or do you think the Mountain West is, is a good enough test that if a guy can do it there, then let's not worry about who he was doing it against?
3: No, I mean, you look at this. what was he, uh, up, up over seven yards per rush attempt. When I watch the tape, it's pretty weak competition. Uh, there's a substantial difference. For example, Geis w- would have been a guy, the LSU back would have been a guy that you would have uh, considered there. And, and there's just, this is a drastic difference. Obviously, the SEC, the best uh, versus Mount West. But, you know what, let's look on the bright side. He took fewer hits. He took fewer ferocious hits. And that's one of the... uh the uh, the the selling points on Penny is that he had just this great durability uh, grade on him, and he was able to you know line up and play. Every, you know, in part maybe because he was in a slightly less uh, formidable conference. Um, you know, and, and and a quick note on Geist because th- there was so much thought that he would be kind of a Marshawn Lynch type guy, and I know we spent a lot of time in our, our draft coverage, uh, you know, talking about him. I I think that there's some issues about character there. And I think that that uh, in light of some of the character issues that have brought, been brought to light, you know, there's questions about Geiss's, you know, you know, who his friends are and and just kind of his his choices in that regard without getting into a lot of that. I think that what happened with Penny is his his character just was so sterling that that it it really jumped to the forefront. And so maybe maybe most of the league thought he was a second rounder. I think the tape plus his character, I think it bounces up the first round. I feel great about it as a Seahawks fan. All
2: right, Hugh, and they did not have a second-round pick, so in the third round, and this was a trade. They were at 76. They traded down to 79. Uh, Rasheem Green, the defensive end out of USC.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm not really high on that. I'm going to have to be convinced. I, I watched UCLA. I watched... Uh, I watched Notre Dame, I watched Stanford, um, did not think much of them against UCLA or Notre Dame. Uh, it just seemed like the motor wasn't kicking as, as, as much as it should. I mean, it looks great on the hoof. This was a five-star recruit. In many ways, if, if you want to be cynical or, or, or a little bit concerned, it, it might hit the pattern, fit the pattern of, of what we've seen from USC players for decades you know, that maybe just, you know, all talent, uh, the 10 on the talent meter. And maybe, uh, you know, I, I just got to see a little bit more on the effort. There were just times that I, I felt like he came off the ball and he was ready to go. And he just didn't have an over overwhelming desire to get active in the play. Um, now that's a, that's a first preliminary look. I, you know, I'm going to look at more of him, but, Right now, I certainly see the talent. You can't deny double-digit sacks, making first-team All-Pac-12. I just think that he's got a little bit more. I hope that his uh, his engine and his competitiveness match his talent. Do you, do
1: you factor in at all, and this really isn't – I mean, you're saying something completely different from this, but he was in somewhat of a – especially by USC standards – a chaotic situation down there with all the changes that that program went through over the, the last few years – do you factor that in at all, or is motor, motor? It shouldn't matter, really, if there's a change at the top. If if you're, if you're a guy who really goes at the snap, then that, that shouldn't matter. You, we talk about factoring in character. Do you factor in those other things as well when you're looking at a guy and going, look, potentially, when we get this guy into our program and we got some stability, he's going to get
3: great? Uh, well, that's uh, some of the same discussion we had with Moik McDowell last year, where his his as it were sophomore year was so good because he had great people around him, and Michigan State made a long run. And then the next year, they were down and they really lost. And he, he lost all his uh, all his teammates moved on, and and he kind of struggled personally and and uh, with the fortunes of the team. You know, guess with with Clay Helton down there, they were coming off a, a an epic Rose Bowl win against Penn State. Uh, they were in the the running all through the season. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to um, give him a pass in that regard. Uh, I look. You know, I'm not saying that that uh, it's not going to play out the way Seattle wants it. They're they going to put him at the five technique, where where he doesn't have to be a ferocious edge rusher because I don't see that kind of twitchiness with him. I think the five technique, meaning the outside say to the tackle usually flanked by that Sam linebacker um, to his outside so he doesn't have that that edge dominance um, expectation of him, Uh, I think that's the right place for him. I just, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to jump on and say I'm wild about the pick mm-hmm. because I look at the tape and, and, and the tape doesn't make me wild about the pick. Uh,
2: Hugh Millen joining us here on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, puck and gas breaking down the, uh, the picks over, over the weekend. I was instructed not to bring up the peanut butter and jelly. Uh, sandwiches consumed, <laughs> so we'll we'll save that for another day.
3: I, I want to know if the pun well, is right footed or left footed. I did not PR on the P- PB and J's at that. Okay. Yeah, I
2: was.
1: I
3: left that record standing, gas. Yeah, I was. I was
2: massively disappointed in your performance over the weekend, but that's fine. Have
1: you looked at enough film to tell me if Michael Dixon is left footed or right footed? That's all I want to know. Which way does he kick? That's all. I'm not asking. you. I'm not asking for much for crying out loud.
2: Gas, he could do things with a football that no one's ever been able to do before. I'm wondering what is that? What does he do to football? that
3: that's, no one has ever done before. That's intriguing. Bro. Is this like Phil Mickelson? Can he do trick shots? Like Can he kick it behind his head like like 60 yards? That would be
1: pretty cool. I'll tell you what, I'd be down there yeah. every Sunday watching if I thought that was yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Uh...
2: <laughs> I'll get, I want to get back to him in a second, but I want to go uh, fourth round. They take uh, the tight end out of Washington, uh, Will Disley, who obviously you uh, you you know quite well because of, of watching uh, Washington football every single weekend.
3: You know, he had to be at least two years ago. I remember when I first really discovered this guy, and I and I was watching him was an end zone copy of the Huskies. My memory is that uh, the Huskies were going to the lake towards the lake, and I must must have watched this guy fifteen times on a rewind, twenty times, and I just looked at his frame, and I looked at his technique how he was blocking, and I remember just going, you know what? And I started looking at more of him, and I remember going on the Hawks show saying. This guy is just a premier blocker, and you look at his frame. Oh, my gosh, he's just absolutely, uh, you know, I think the word is uh, mesomorphic. You know, he's he's a muscular dude, uh, perfect frame for tight end to be able to handle the edge, and uh, loved him as a blocker at, uh, at the Huskies. And, of course, I had, you know, a, a, a better chance to look at him, but I think this is a statement, fourth round, uh, how, how serious – the Seahawks want to get after this running game.
1: You can't do it for that reason alone, but it's kind of cool when they find themselves in a position of need and the guy that's answering the bell is a Husky. I mean, you can, that, that, that's a neat thing. Again, when people say they should draft another Huskies, well, that's obviously not going to happen. But but there is something, Hugh, for somebody like you who is so tied to the University of Washington, who covers the Seahawks, This is there's nothing wrong with this. If this guy fills the need, it's actually a real big plus.
3: It's a big plus because the assumption is: look, the guy chose Washington, so you just assume. Now, you know, you you, you could throw at me: well, may, maybe he wants to change the scenery. But by and large, it, you take nine out of ten, whether it's Huskies or whatever. If you get drafted to the local team, you know, ten minutes away from. Uh, you, you know where you played college. That's a positive. And now a guy walks into the facility and he's just he's on fire to be a Seahawk. That is something you can generalize that most college players, when they get drafted the way Will did, are gonna uh, uh, approach their uh, their first professional experience.
2: What's the commentary though? I mean, they they just spent what two years ago a pretty high draft pick on Nick Vanette, and I remember listening to these guys talk after the selection Nick Vanette, and I went and read some of the stuff this morning, I'm, I'm reading a lot of the same stuff about what a great blocking tight end he was, and he's NFL-ready body. He's going to come in and contribute right away. Now, you can look at it two different ways that, okay, they, they clearly, one, do they, can they properly evaluate tight ends? Two, hey, listen, they made, made, they made a mistake with Nick Vanett a couple of years ago, and they're going to write it right away and get Will Disley, which I guess would be a positive them understanding, hey, it didn't work out with Nick Vanett, so let's get another guy.
3: Yeah, you can't be paralyzed, but that's an excellent question, Puck. I mean, it's a fair question because you're right. Vanette was drafted around the same area, some, some of the same qualities. Just by by eyeballing, I think Disley just has a little bit more, uh, I don't know, just power in his frame. But uh, I, I – you know, I, I'm going to have to compare them together. Now, the other part of it is that there's nothing wrong with playing with two tight ends. And I, I don't think the book is closed on Nick Vanette. But I think there is a little bit of a commentary. I, I think I think it's fair to say if Nick Vanette had grabbed this this blocking tight end position, that there would have been less of a need for a guy like Disley. But uh, there, there's room for both of them. But, uh, uh, you know, now you, you see, hey, can Disley be a receiver uh, as a tight end at the professional level, I think that'll be his next challenge.
1: I, I don't know if there's anything you can add to Shaquem Griffin's story other than how, how can you not love everything about this up to, and including, by the way, he can play. He's a really good player, so it isn't just a feel-good story. Uh, this is this is neat. Brothers reunited, twins reunited, and a guy who plays without a left hand.
3: You know, if, if you can't get misty-eyed <laughs> and and feel all of the uh, the, the sensational – Feelings that you ought to be feeling uh, about the story, right? Just go to go see your cardiologist, please. You know, you know. I mean, this is so doggone cool. In fact, before he got drafted around the third or fourth round, we spent so much time talking about Shaquem Griffin that I remember five times in that conversation going, "Are we talking too much about a guy that hasn't even been drafted mm-hmm. and you know has in theory a one in thirty-two chance of of." coming to the Seahawks. Here's what I love about it. You say, what can I add to it? Probably nothing, but I would say the inspiration that he is going to provide in that that locker room, in that weight room, when people are feeling sorry for themselves, you know, I mean, guys forget there's guys their age that are getting cut up in wars, right, for a lot less money than what they're making, and sometimes, you know, the NFL athlete can feel kind of pampered, and woe is me, this and that, and, and you know, they don't even know that, that uh, the collective bargaining agreement has has, has slashed the amount of uh, contact and, and the uh, degree of difficulty of the, of the uh, training camp. But with this Shaquem Griffin and he, the way he attacks life and uh, I, I just can't help believe that every single Seahawk that even all they have to do is just glance his way and see his approach in every other Seahawk, I think is at least nominally a better football player today because that guy's going to be in the locker room. That's,
2: that's, that's a great addition. Great
1: yeah. point.
3: Absolutely. All right, I got about
2: uh, 60 seconds left. That, yeah. the, uh, the thoughts of, of taking a punter before you take an offensive lineman.
3: Well, I'm going to just go straight uh, straight logic on this thing. First of all, um, one postulate. Punters are important. They're really important. There's hidden yeah. yards in there. So, so are fifth-round picks when you consider Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman uh, were fifth-round picks. So my net-net, my I have no idea what this guy is going to do. He's worth a fifth-rounder if, if he is appreciably better than the next best option. If you could have got a guy almost as good or what have you, and I assume that you're trying to save money with, with, uh, with Ryan, uh, there, there, there is an argument to be made for spending a fifth-round pick on a punter but that punter better be really good. And I know he led the nation and all. Um, we'll see. Uh, you, you know, and, and I don't think the the words trade up and punter have ever been included in the same sentence. <laughs> so um, just, just just that fact alone makes me whoa. But uh, look, if the guy if the guy can grab all those hidden yards and expose those yards, so all of us Seahawks fans, his nail fights, we can we can look and say, oh, you know what, I see his impact on the game over four quarters by what he does. If that's the case, then he's worth the fifth rounder. But, boy, oh, boy, awesome. he better be a lot better than the next best option.
1: He's a Ray Guy award winner,
3: Hugh. Well, yeah, he, he, <laughs> he's, he's the best. Now, now, did the Ray Guy award winner, is he 1% better than the next guy or the next 10 guys? Well, or, that's why he, we have you 20%. on. <laughs> 20% better than the, all the rest then he's worth a fifth-round pick. If he's 1% better than 15 other dudes, then he's not. So let's just see how he plays. So I'll accept it in theory, but boy, oh, boy, he better be good.
2: Ray Guy was selected in the first round. Yeah, come on! We, he we're, was just, the, we're sitting he here, was here talking the about this kid. And, overall
1: pick. We're sitting here talking about this kid and we're looking on the TV, and they got a, a kangaroo kicking some guy uh, right in the middle. Of, you know, so maybe like, that's what guy, he's going to do. Maybe this guy's an Aussie kangaroo kind
2: he's of guy. You kick, know, he's going to punt run down, and he's going to hey. start just kicking people in the nads on his way down to touch the football inside the five yard line. Hey, hey, hey you trade up to
3: the third round for uh, him? Oh. I, mean, no, I like this guy better than the, 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 yeah. the end from
2: SC.
1: He wasn't a third round uh, guy. Hey, real kind real, uh, this is probably something not something you can do real quick. But when you got You got drafted in '86. Did they bring you down? I mean, things have changed so much. Were you down in LA right away? Did you do a news conference at all? What was it like?
3: Immediately, yeah. No, and not only did they bring you down, but it was like uh, um, you're living here, and uh, you know, forget forget school. You can finish up later. Uh, No, yeah. Which those rules have changed. Now you have to. you know, graduate your 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 class, or, or you can't have the players until the graduating class graduates. So, mm-hmm. uh, no, it, it it was a little different, but um, man, that seems like another life ago. Yeah, third round right. to the to the Rams, and and I was the right I was going to the uh, play with Eric Dickerson, the the guy I was most in. On. I played with 93 Pro Bowl players. Uh, John Elway, Troy Aikman, and, and Dan Marino among them, I had unbelievable respect for those guys. But the, the one guy, one team that I ever was in awe, in awe of my rookie year, stepping into a mini camp huddle two you know two days after the draft and handing the ball off to Erica Dickerson, that was surreal. Because he was not far, he was like I think one year removed from that 21-05 year. And he was you know about six months removed from the 256-yard, playoff record against the cowboys i mean he was he was that was right in the prime of his career that was so cool
2: Hugh, you're the best yep. man a great work this weekend get some sleep and uh we will we we won't bug you for the for the next few weeks all right oh, i yeah, may i'm not
1: remember, i'm not on that I'm train i may bug him i'll call him right now let's call <laughs> him again i got more <laughs>
2: questions call me anytime guys all right Thanks you see you all buddy right. Go we'll get him, Thank you. All right, there he is. Uh, Hugh Millen, outstanding coverage uh, this weekend of the draft. Uh, I'll give a shout-out to Natalie. the Hugh, Softy, Holmgren, Tony, um, Chuck, uh, who else? Jackson was on the way. Curtis was there. Rang, Shockey, Lowey, Furness, uh, everybody uh, over there this weekend, everyone doing just a, a bang-up job in terms of uh, our coverage of the NFL draft. I hope everyone out there, and there's a lot of nice things said uh, by by you on Twitter over the weekend, hopefully everyone, enjoyed our coverage all right take a break come back we'll find out how was everyone's weekend now back to puck and the Gasman. all right we're uh, gonna wrap up the first hour the uh second hour of the radio program we'll uh, we'll dive back into the nfl draft again with uh dane brugler of nfl draft he worked side by side with our guy uh, Rob Rank, Curtis Crabtree will also join us in that hour. We will talk about the red-hot Los Marineros, yeah. who just Man. owned uh, the Cleveland Indians uh, for the season. The series is done with the Indians. But uh, how was you? You took off. How was your weekend?
1: We uh, we went out to Lake Crescent and did a nice hike and sat and watched it rain, and it was great. It's had such a fun trip out well, there. And then yesterday, had uh, you know, I was bummed out by the result, obviously. I yeah. had, had just darn near a perfect day, given that we were going to have to be on the road. Hop on the road about 10, and, and who to guide us through the first half, who Beautiful. better than Kevin Calabro and P.J. Carlissimo, right, right on top of their games. KC was just sharp as attack as always. And then we finally we get into Squim right for the start of the second half, I said, well, let's go to, this, to a place called the Oasis, and it's got a camel on their logo. I'm like, well, how bad can this bar be?
2: But it's got a great burger.
1: Awesome. It was just <laughs> awesome, and we put the game on and watched the second half there, and I allowed myself to think the Pacers were going to win for a little while, but... Uh, they're better. I I think maybe right. I'm stubborn. I think they're better than Cleveland every single. Yeah. Any way you want to look at that series, they are the better team, except for one <laughs> small issue, and that is
2: they don't have LeBron, and that's what won the series for Cleveland. He is just he he's was insane. He was I, I I think the highlight, the, the one play that we talked about in the pit was, it was I think I think I think the Pacers are down six or down five, and and Oladipo's got a three. He challenges Oladipo on a three, mm-hmm. plays great defense, closes out on him. And forces him to miss the shot. And then he hustles down, because it wasn't a long rebound. It happened right underneath the basket. And he grabs the rebound. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, this is the best player in the world. Right. And in his 15-year career, he's just played the most minutes he's ever played. He averaged in wins. In wins in the series, he averaged over 40 points. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just, he's spectacular. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Jackson, how was your weekend?
0: Oh, it was good. Friday night, I worked here. Saturday morning, uh, Sounders training, so I was at work. W- Saturday afternoon, my chiropractor told me to stop working. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> this is really going so well for you. How many visits has it been to the chiropractor? Uh, now it's been okay. three, or, three or four. Okay. Uh, going again today. Everything's uh, it, good. How are we with the uh, Phillips Law Firm group? Uh, Phillips Law Firm has been fantastic. There we go. Great. Uh, Dr. Nakata at Ballard Wellness has been awesome. Good. Um, um, so then uh, Saturday evening, I came back here to work, uh, of course. And Sunday was, of course, work, both win-play show in the morning and then Sounders yeah. game in the evening. So right. work, 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 work. Hard work. A
2: tough one for the Sounders last night.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, I don't. <laughs> we have all the coverage at sportsradiokjr.com. <laughs> he doesn't
2: even want to discuss I don't want to talk
0: move, about it. I mean, I really. Move on. I'll just say this: a point slipped through Stefan Fry's fingertips, right, and it's, right. uh, it sucks. And it's rare.
3: Yeah, 900- that's why it
0: stands out is because Fry <sighs> is so good. Nine hundred ninety nine times out of a thousand, it's a save, no problem. Yeah, but man. the thousandth time, it's a point f- uh, gone.
1: And so. and then how about the uh, the LAFC? The big story about them is here: the the first game in LA, first stadium, and 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 they got a group of people doing a uh, a homophobic just chant,
0: just terrible. Which for
1: whatever reason, and yep. it's not all soccer fans, but this stuff bubbles up more in soccer than I don't. You never hear like. Oh my god! An NBA game. People were, were doing a homophobic change. You just don't hear it as much, and and it's it's a small twisted little minority of people that do it. But nevertheless, for LA and, yeah, and they they got to be sick here. Here that that becomes the big story of their first game ever in LA, the LAFC.
2: All right. Uh, thanks for asking me how my weekend was. How was Ooh, your weekend? We don't have the time. No, sorry. I don't have any time. All right, uh, Dane Brugler is going to join us uh, at 11 o'clock. I had a great weekend. Uh, NFLDraftScout.com, uh, he'll help us uh, break down uh, what the Seahawks did and also uh, what uh, happened in the, uh, the rest of, of the National Football League. Also in the next hour, Curtis Crabtree is going to join us at the bottom of the hour to get more in there with the Seahawks, and we will talk Los Marineros.